do you used to be able to do things with much more freedom in medicine without you know all the litigation and the patient you would act mm-hmm. it's kind of like third yeah. world medicine sometimes and you're yeah. a little bit more free to put yourself fortunately sometimes the patient risk for the, the greater good if that makes sense where you could take some chances and that's how these in the past like the c-sections the defibrillators how these things came about is because there wasn't so much restriction in medicine for physician to actually have the courage to step out and and try these things. And so that's what's fascinating about those stories, which I think we find really appealing is that someone's dying and you literally could just do everything that you could in the moment to try to save them and something great came out of it and, and was invented. I mean, so that's what I like about those kind of stories that people like to hear where there's courage and people are stepping out in faith and doing what they can. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. It is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we actually have two guests on the show, and they are Tim and May Hindmarsh. And they're going to tell you all about what they're up to and who they are. Take it away. Outstanding. Um, Well, we're a physician couple. We've been married for 30 years. We got married three days after we graduated, I think. And then we went off on a honeymoon, which was really fun. We went to the Caribbean for three weeks and then residency. And then shortly after that, uh, we finished residency and then we moved to rural Oregon and have been rural family doctors and urgent care doctors for the last 28 years. And then we started podcasting about two years ago. Nice. Love it. Yeah, that was a really good uh, summary. You did it much faster than I do. (laughs) Yeah, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she'd have the names of the cats. I'm not like very succinct either. So it's like, you know, my explanations usually go on and on and on. So totally get it. That's awesome. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot there. I mean, you you have a lot we have to kind of go into and unpack a little bit. So tell us about how, you know, like, was there any fear involved in finishing medical school and starting a life together? I'm Maybe just even starting residency. I mean, I don't know. Could it be fear in any of these things? I don't know. So I'm curious. And the audience is curious. I would, um, I was just kind of giggling about that. For me, I struggled a lot with the getting through med school fear. I wouldn't say it was, I don't know if it was fear as much as frustration and obstacles that I had to overcome. I had a lot going on. I had a lot of unresolved issues with um, an eating disorder, depression, and I was undiagnosed. 
then I had a sports injury with the unhappy triad, um, oh, ACL, the whole bit, which rendered me to drop out of med school and then think about what I was doing. And so long story short, then I got back in, was in Tim's class. That's how we met. And even through that, I was still fighting a lot of demons and trying to get a hold of my uh, anorexia and bulimia. And I was at the point, even when with internship and a new marriage and all that struggling, really wanting to just pack it in because I wasn't sure that I really liked it. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons I felt in my heart. I was doing it for family pressures. I mean, we, you know, you know, the story, we hear it a lot of times, but so fear for me, it was um, at that point, fear kind of helped me finish in a way because I thought here I am now I got into university at 17 and now I'm 25 and I don't know anything else. And I put in all this time and money and life and you know at you're 25 you think you're old at that point it's like right your, your life's over I can't do anything else and I didn't know anything else and so I was afraid I thought if I just go work at Macy's at the perfume department or whatever what is that all like I'm gonna be able to do with my life because I'm kind of done with medicine so it was fear of not knowing what else I could do that really actually kept me in there it sounds I mean it was not the right kind of way to use fear, but it did work that way. And uh, we finished residency. And even when I started practice, it was like the same thing. Uh, I don't know what else I could do because this is all I've ever known. I went through high school years, you know, trying to get into meds, like good grades so I could get into medicine, which then I, you know, I did all that. So that's all I've ever known since I was 16, 17. So I'm just driving myself for the last 10 years. I'm afraid to try anything else. And <laughs> I use that to keep going in some ways and to just push myself and give it a try. So it turned into a positive thing in that way. You mentioned it. So at the same time, gosh, we got married. We had a lot of obstacles as newlyweds doing internship and residency. My sister moved in with us after six months. I think Tim had a lot of fear of what the hell. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> that had to be quite a challenge, um, right? Yeah, fear of multiple homicides. <laughs> well, you know, you have like estrogen overload. In your yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. Exactly. Yeah, toxic levels. Uh, but man, throughout our career, we faced lots of different fears. I mean, the simple fears from when we did rural medicine, we did, we were the corner to the ICU, CCU, you know, on call. Tim did full OB practice. Sometimes, you know, it's like you're fresh out of school and you're crapping your pants because you don't have yeah. really good <laughs> access to support and that fear of the unknown and the firsts and um, fear of the sort of failure. But I think as life has gone along and now that we are, have done this, you know, 28, 30 years and we're yeah. empty nesters now, we're looking, you know, we're getting through this burnout phase that has hit us as well as not fitting into the corporate model and transitioning into trying different things. And now we're older and we, for myself, I think I fear um, being able to do anything else because this is all I've done. And I know I'm smart, I'm intelligent. I have hobbies, but the whole thing of putting myself out there as a late 50, almost 60 something and trying something else or even in the med space is, is frightening. So I'm kind of break there working through that this last year. What about you, hun? 
Well, yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting because you fear different things as you go through life. Um, and, and I, th- to dovetail into what May said, I think it's really important to understand that you need to use it. Um, it reminds me, I did a lot of, I've done a lot of action sports, so I'm really pretty familiar with fear. Uh, I mean, in a, about a three-year period, I'd witnessed two recreational fatalities. So from, you know, we'd ride dirt bikes out on the sand dunes. I saw a guy oh, get killed there. Okay. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what sports are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, you know, I've, oh, I've seen not- Skydiving. I have 600 skydives. And so I mean, okay, I actually so I was, on a, I was yeah. on a jump with somebody that actually did a swoop, which is a very fast turn to the ground to swoop across the ground. And he missed that one by about 25 feet and essentially oh my gosh. exploded. So familiar with a lot of, you know, the, 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 you know, using fear to, you know, as a motivator. And it's interesting because probably the greatest base jumper in the world, um, his quote is he's, you know, people ask him, are you, you know, you must be fearless. You do this. He goes, no, no, I use the fear to fuel myself. Nice. So the fear is what keeps him sharp. The fear is what makes him pack his parachute in a certain way. The fear is what makes him research where he's going to jump. Like that, that's the key. And, and I think that that's really important because most people feel fear. They feel it as an, as a, a noxious emotion and they want to flee from it, just like if you put something really sour or bitter in your mouth. Yes. When the re- reality is fear can be incredibly powerful if you understand what you're fearing. Because there's there's certain things we should fear if you're in the woods. Yeah, and there's a bear coming. Hello. Fear that. Right. Um, fear that. And, and and I think I think the the toxic side of fear is when you look at a lot of, you know, whether it's the political stuff and both sides do this. It's, you know, use fear to try to, you know, garner your support, um, to manipulate people, to get people to buy things. I mean, it's because it's very, very powerful. And, but in the same way, I think harness, they can be incredibly powerful in a positive way as well. Yeah. No, that's great. I love how you put that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, and then and May, you said it too. Like you expressed that, like you said, you know, the, you feared doing something other than what you knew. And so that drove you and it turned out to be something extremely positive because as a result, you know, you ended up with a wonderful career. You, I'm sure you've had some incredible experiences in your practice because you mentioned all of the first, right? Because when you are, the only doctor and you don't have the specialist to call on you are doing a lot more than you would normally have done you know in a practice in a place that was like you know specialty rich and so there are some experiences that come from that that are gonna create some incredible growth in you personally um and also benefits your patients because you know you you saved that person's life or you you did a thing that's going to make a difference in their life because had you not been there they probably would not be here either you know so there's a, a great impact that came from you know you being propelled by fear of well i don't know anything else and it has turned into something absolutely incredible. You know, you're able to leave. I mean, you've, you've seen thousands of patients, I'm sure. I mean, over the years. And so like, yeah, I mean, so that's a lot of people's lives that have been impacted, you know, yeah. because you made a decision to, to do it anyway, even though you were afraid. 
Right. And I would say the more you face those times of being afraid, you get, you kind of get used to it. I guess for me, it's a frequent thing. And and the, as we're talking about it, really, a lot of it goes hand in hand with confidence. For me, it does. And, but I think for a lot of people, because that fear is tied up with the either lack of confidence, not just I'm afraid because that's a dangerous thing, but it's the unknown, having confidence in yourself and how much is not a lack of confidence then spurs the fear, right? And personally, I can speak for myself, but that's that's been a lot for me. That's my struggle bus that, that I can't seem to, you know, it, the, the bus is getting smaller and uh, I ride on it less often, but that's the, that's the thing. Um, but the more you come up against it and it happened to me numerous times, you know, I was afraid to even get pregnant. Cause I'm like, uh, uh, we're two doctors, but what do we know about raising a kid? Uh, this is going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's the unknown and, uh, and I'm a control person. So a lot of us in medicine are type A control freaks, one on the Enneagram, however you want to put it. So that yeah. is the other part too, right? You, it's the, uh, the unknown, the lack of control that lights the fear fire. And so the more you do it and the more you go, oh, I'm really afraid, but I'm going to do this anyway. Uh, and then you come out the other side and it's like, whoa, that was so great. It wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, it was a little bad, but then it got better and I just kicked butt. It gets easier. And then in the future, when you're, you face those fearful moments, you go, yeah, this sucks and I'm scared, but it's okay. Cause I know I can do it. So it, it gets better. And it's the things that we've faced in career, but outside of career with our sports and we've done some crazy stuff that I don't like, like it. To, I don't like to get scared. I don't get not off play on around that. when you do your sports. <laughs> Clearly. Some, some people live off of that. I don't, but the more, you know, I face those challenges and I'm afraid and I'm like, okay, I've done this before. You know, you want to be cautious and think it through and not do anything reckless, but I know it'll be okay. Um, yeah. You know, people do those ropes courses. It's just for that reason, right? Because yes. there's the trust and the fear and all that. And that's a simple example of it. Yeah. I love the analogy of the bus gets smaller and I get on it less <laughs> often. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Either that or the anchor I'm dragging oh, gets lighter and lighter. lighter. You're <laughs> shutting it. <laughs> the, caboose, the caboose on my backside. <laughs> That's exactly. awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tim? I thought you were going to say something. No, no I'm always going to say something, but, uh, May, may will tell you that that uh but i'm I'm being very good and uh, i when we get into this stuff i don't usually interrupt because she has conquered a lot of things that i think a lot of people would not um would find very inspirational i mean my stuff has been more kind of in your face with the action sports and sitting on a you know zillion committees and leadership stuff and you know all those have some different degrees of fear but they don't really have the emotional cost that may as you know, kind of gone through, which I think is in, in, incredible. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's a new. Well, I can tell you guys have been married for a little bit. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah, the, right. No, that's awesome. The, yeah. It's always fun. The the more shows that we do, and we have our own podcast too. But the more we're talking, little tidbits of you know beautiful diamonds of 
fun nuggets pop out all the time. So oh, yeah. even after 30 years, you still get surprised with that's good. things from that's each good. other. Yeah, it's encouraging because we're at 17 years. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's like it, man, there's some rough, rough patches in there, I think, for anybody. Um, oh, yeah. And that's life, but though. Like anything else. Exactly. <laughs> it's life. And the hard stuff makes you stronger. That's and right. it gets better. So it's always almost always there's exceptions of course there's always exceptions but, uh, but usually right, worth right. it yeah. sticking it out yes oh cool it's good to know <laughs> yeah. so tell us about um how so you know you told us so you told us about the fear surrounding the transitions right you had major transitions from med school to uh, marriage to residency now i am curious how is it that you went from doctoring and action sport participating to podcasting. How did that happen? Uh, well, it happened to us in a similar way. It happened to a lot of people. <laughs> um, you know, when COVID started in, in um, when, when was that? March, I guess, of 2020. I mean, yeah. the day that's solidified in my head was March 12, 2020. I was supposed to go. I was working that night and then everything was starting to get weird. And you're hearing this stuff on the news. And the governor shut the state down literally two hours before I was supposed to go see Tool. Um, oh no! Big, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it, which was uh -oh. so. So that was traumatizing, and it's all. It was incredibly traumatizing. So, and and if, <laughs> if if anyone under any if I go to a lot of shows, huge metal fan. If yeah. anybody gets Tool, like Tool, Tool fans are not casual. It's not like Elton John, where oh yeah, I like Elton John. He you know he has those fun songs like tool fans are very committed like to a point where it, it gets a little bit weird uh -oh. so we all we all <laughs> gathered at my buddy's place and we listened to music and we played music and we did it was okay. it was actually really fun and it was interesting because at that stage of the game they're they're like this is stupid this and i said this is we have no idea right and, exactly and and when you have no idea you're gonna have to pump the brakes and figure out what it is before we you know you know so so you're talking about missing tool and all I could think, which is what I thought you were going to say was April 1st, we were supposed to be on the plane heading for our annual little uh, tropical vacation to Hawaii. Okay. And that of course got shut down and close. And I was ticked because of that, not tool. No, tool, tool was much more significant. <laughs> so, so we were at home <laughs> furloughed, so to speak, right. because we were going to go on vacation for two weeks and the pandemic's now happening right, in April. Right. And we were stuck at home watching the news like everybody else glued to the TV, oh, okay. yeah. glued to the, the well, internet. And we started researching and people started asking us questions. Okay. So they started asking questions. We started doing Facebook live streams. Yeah. Okay. And um, the first fa Facebook live stream we did, I think we got up to 200 people live and we oh, had that's like, awesome that's yeah, really good we had, had 10,000 10, downloads downloads oh my goodness 12 12 hours and we go maybe there's something to this yeah so we kept doing them every week and okay with the the vision of eventually actually going into the podcast world and doing recordings and and whatnot we talked about it earlier that year for a little bit about doing it and we were just it was yeah. just throwing ideas back and forth and then COVID happened and we were answering questions. And then long story short, our financial advisor at the time, who was a podcaster, who I believe you know as well, was was encouraging us and putting together a network. The, it was 
the doctor podcast network at the time. And oh, yeah. he's like, you guys should do this. If you can do live streams and doing the recordings is easy because you can edit everything. That's right. So basically by Dece uh, January of 21, we launched the podcast and awesome. we just passed 101 episodes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you're bi-weekly then or how many times a week? No, once a week. Once a week. Once a week. Okay. A week. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, that is, I mean, I would never have thought about this particular media as a platform, um, but I kind of fell into it as well. So, um, but it it is, it's definitely a great place to meet people that would not normally have crossed your path even with your sports or with, you know, with medicine, it's just, it's incredible. Like you just meet people from all walks of life all over the world. And, you know, you can just have a casual conversation as if you knew each other, which I think is absolutely incredible about this particular media platform. So yeah, absolutely. That's I the hope one you guys are enjoying it. I mean, we so love far. it. And that's the one thing we've learned, you know, we're just at first, who are we two dopey little country docs? trying to do this thing and asking, you know, guests and reaching out to people. And we really learned that not to be afraid of, of no or no answers because nothing bad's going to happen. Right. But what the yeses are so powerful. And uh, now we're, we're just not afraid to ask anybody. And so we've had some amazing guests and people that you're right. We'd have, would never have met otherwise, have great connections, great stories to share and tell. And it, super fun um for for us as well so uh, yeah it's a really fun thing to do for sure so if anybody i always am, am encouraging to anyone that thinks about doing a podcast whatever their passion is and their story that they want to tell is it's it's great fun it's a great hobby you know and we're hoping this is where we're at the next thing of kind of crossing talking about fear is yeah, yeah. we have some thoughts and ideas about how to take our podcast a little and grow it and to the next level, nice. Um, which, which is going to require time and some financial commitment and some life changes. Okay. Um, in the moving from what's comfortable, so that's kind of what, what we're working on right now. And yeah, okay. the, the next that's little awesome. fear, the next little fear struggle, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got to tell everybody what the name of the podcast is so they can have a listen. It is BS Free MD. Um, the name came from basically, I, I had done a tremendous amount of work with, um, the insurance company side of one of the groups we worked with. They, they own two or three different lines of insurance. So I had seen all of the regulatory stuff, all of the big pharma, like all of that kind of from the inside. And I always felt my role in those businesses was to say what everybody was thinking, but didn't have the guts to say. Oh, nice. That's, that, that's his, that's his uh, special gift. But to do God it, given gifts and talents. But to, but do, to it, do it without, uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the magic with how you deliver though? Is it, uh, it has to be funny. Okay. So got you it. You have to be, you have to be, I, I, I saw myself as a delightful irritant. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of like that wart. <laughs> yeah. Well, or kind of like the stand in, in, in the clam that makes the, the, the pearl. The pearl there you, know? you go. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, cause awesome. it was, cause there's so much that goes on in, in, in corporate healthcare. That's just beyond yeah. the realm of common sense. Right. Like beyond yeah. the realm. Of Agreed. Common sense. You know, from the, from the way that the business 
you, you know, the whole biz, business system is set up to the influence of big pharma to how studies are produced. I mean, we can go on and on. And so we just started talking about all this stuff. We had a, one of the first series we did was on opioids. We went back to the history of how this started in the United States back in 1980. We interviewed uh, some friends of ours who sadly had lost a son to an accidental overdose. Mm -hmm. uh, we interviewed Ben Westhoff, who had pretended to be a drug dealer to infiltrate Chinese drug labs to be able to write a book about it, which is just insane. That's but insane. Talk about facing fear. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, the guy just amazing. Um, then, of course, tons of COVID stuff. We have talked to Steve Torrance, who is a four-time uh, NHRA top fuel dragster champion. He drives a car that goes zero to 100 in 0.8 of a second. Dear so, Lord. And he had a bunch of medical problems as a kid, which have you know carried through. So how do you become the best at your sport yes. with these challenges? Uh, Eddie Braun, who recreated Evil Knievel's jump over the Snake River Canyon in a steam-powered rocket that they built in a garage. Oh, dear. Talk about, talk about <laughs> fearless freedom. Right? That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so we've been all we've been all over the place. We have a show that we try to do once a month, month called Doc Tales with Cocktails, where we oh, talk nice. about. I like that. That sounds like my kind of show. Yeah. yeah, we have a we have a, a beverage and we literally laugh at some of the dumb things we've done, seen um, in our careers, laugh at ourselves. And it's pretty like, it's you know, like fun. when a patient comes in and and we ask, you know, have you had a fever? And they yes. say, well, uh, of course I have. I'm 98 and a half. And you say, oh, dear, well, that's not a fever. <laughs> and they say, yeah, but I normally run 96. And I say, well, actually, it's an objective measure. It's one hundred point five. Fahrenheit. Right. <laughs> water, water boils at 212. A fever is 100.5. And the guy turns to me and says, well, that's your opinion. Nice. Well, you <laughs> came to like, see me. Yeah, well, to see me. <laughs> why are you paying me? And how do I advice? get to the problem so solution? I have to <laughs> ask questions. That's yeah. just how it works. Well, well that's your opinion. Okay. Oh, great. That's your opinion. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, no, that, that is hilarious. There's definitely oh, yeah. a yeah, lot of comedy shows. in what we do. Yeah, there, there is. The, there is a lot of comedy in what we do because we try to keep it fun and light, especially in those episodes because we have so many of the other serious ones. But we really try to keep it to the where we cut to the through all those. We call it the BS stands yeah. for you know, the bullshit right. to keep so that people hear the truth. And, you know, when there's blame to be had on the physician side, like in that opioid epidemic with then we, you know, place blame on ourselves in the, on the medical community um, and try to get the real facts out there instead of the, the common narrative. So that's how the name yeah. came about. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I think that's a really yeah. awesome. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available if you would just rather 
just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And then, um, so you, you hinted towards, you know, taking the podcast to another level. Um, I don't know if you want to share any of that or um, if there is something else that you all are into that you want to share with the audience. Um, we want to, we want to, we're going to do a couple of things. The first thing I think what we're going to do is take the Docktails with Cocktails as its own episode so that it'll okay. be an additional episode and much, much lighter so that mm -hmm. people can get a really quick, you know, half an hour. We do three segments, that kind of thing. And that's video. That's more video. Well, I don't know if we'll do that. Maybe like on a YouTube channel or something. Correct. Yeah, we, we're already on Rumble. So we put our, our podcasts, we put the video up on Rumble. So we'll probably, I don't know if we'll, there'll be like a Facebook, YouTube, it, but uh, that's the plan for the- Depending on how controversial yes. we are with that episode, we'll determine on what platform it goes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, ah, so yeah. which which platform would be controversial then? Because uh, you could put a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, well, we, we, we interviewed Peter McCullough twice the second time we interviewed him it lasted 12 hours and i got a i got a soft strike yeah. oh did you really uh -huh. mm -hmm. oh wow interesting that's yeah. interesting so, no it's really okay. interesting so so we're we're fairly careful with that okay. um rumble's awesome because you can you can do basically i mean as long as you're not breaking the law or you're obviously you know pornographic you can debate anything you want so we've we've enjoyed that uh, the other thing that we really want to do, which would potentially be a YouTube channel, is we're very interested um, in medical history. So, yeah, we won't oh. give too much away, but we'd like to combine some travel and nice. medical history and show the viewers sort of what's out there in medicine yeah. and history and sprinkle it with a little fun flavor of us traveling nice because so. there, there's a lot of really crazy stories out there yeah. even just on the mainland united states oh yeah where did the, oh yes. where did defibrillators <laughs> come from who was the first person to do a successful c-section oh yeah it, it, i mean there's a lot of in the united states which there, there's there's stuff it, it's just wild and a lot of this happened in these little dinky places and you're like what's significant about this medically well what i was and i was gonna say the thing that when we find these stories and we look back at them because you know we've been docs and I don't, I always hate saying back in the day, but I'm starting to feel that way. But, you know, when we did, we trained actually, and I don't even think I told or mentioned it, but we grew up in Canada. I grew up in Northern Canada. We trained in Canada um, and then moved down here, which was another overcoming your fear story. But um, we, we just think of how things we used to used to be able to do things with much more freedom in medicine without you know all the litigation and the patient you would act mm -hmm. it's kind of like third yeah. world medicine sometimes and you're yeah. a little bit more free to um put yourself and unfortunately sometimes the patient risk for the, the greater good if that makes sense where you could take some chances and that's how these in the past like the c-sections the defibrillators how these things came about is because there wasn't so much restriction in medicine for 
physician to actually have the courage to step out and, and try these things. And so that's what's fascinating about those stories, which I think we find really appealing is that someone's dying and you literally could just do everything that you could in the moment to try to save them and something great came out of it and, and was invented. I mean, so that's what I like about those kind of stories that people like to hear where there's courage and people are stepping out in faith and doing what they can. Because I think we lose a lot of that now in medicine because we're so restricted because of the restrictions. Well, medicine, at least Western medicine, is not controlled by doctors. It's control. It's controlled by business, varying business entities, and 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 that and that makes it really, really, really difficult to be super innovative from from a physician side, because you're gonna, by definition, innovation is partially destructive, right? I mean, you have to have creative destruction. Part of innovation, you know, you get rid of you get rid of steam engines running on wood. What's what's the next fuel? Coal. Well, that means you're not burning as much wood. That's good, but now you're burning coal. So, I mean, that's the nature of innovation, and it it goes on and on. And I, I think that's one of the you know for our physician listeners, that's one of the biggest frustrations is this, you can't you you might see how to do something way better, but it's an act of Congress sometimes, literally an act of Congress <laughs> to be able to do that. And um, you know, in simpler times, it was amazing. I mean, some of these guys. You know, you're, you graduate surgery, you're a surgeon. Well, what kind of surgeon are you? I don't know, whatever kind of surgeon I want to be. I'll be a brain surgeon today and I'll be a heart surgeon next week because, you know, none of this stuff was controlled by these micro specialties. Obviously, it wasn't as good as it is now, but it's amazing how when you see some of the stories of these individuals, how much one person can do when they were kind of left alone. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like the Wild West, right, of medicine. They had to be a cowboy. And I'm not saying that's how it should be, but there's some really fascinating stories that came came out there, of that. There are. Yeah. And you know, now it's you don't do anything unless it produces a billing code so somebody can get paid. <laughs> well, the other thing is that um you really don't want to practice outside of the quote unquote standard of care either, because if something goes wrong, you know, they will right. fry you. <laughs> Essentially, you will be sued easily. Um, so that is also, unfortunately, um, a little bit of a damper on innovation, right? Because oh, yeah. most people are not comfortable, you know, just standing out, being a, an outlier of when it comes not. to like care, you know, even if it's something that they're, that they know will work or, you know, they have, you know, all of the indicators pointing towards its success. Like you still won't do it because of the fact that like, you know, the person can potentially have a bad outcome and then you have nobody to defend you because they're like, oh, right. that was the standard of care. And then that's it. Right. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a very interesting place. It's almost like the the yes, there is a lot of innovation when it comes to um, the previous model, but there was also a lot of abuse of patients. So that part we can't forget. Because a lot of medical history was, you know, a lot of things were developed on enslaved peoples, for Absolutely. example. Um, and so that, you know, obviously we can't, you know, think that. Yeah, but, you I, know. but I would I would contend that that hasn't necessarily I would say, changed. Yeah, exactly. If you well, I agree. Party, or, I mean, there's yeah. definitely people who are incarcerated, for example, <laughs> who don't really have a right. You know, well, they've, but, you know, but look what but, Big but Pharma is, has yeah, done well, to the entire continent of africa well look, yes look at, and agreed. 
Agreed. You know, look, at, look at the birth control trials that they did on, on, on Indian women with absolutely zero consent. Consent. Correct. Correct. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. But I'm just saying like, as, as just as we're talking about, you know, that freedom of innovation, you know, yes, but we also have to make sure that we have things in place to protect the patient from being taken advantage of. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what I, w- I was saying. Um, that yes, I absolutely, absolutely agree with you. You know, there's a very horrible history, medical history here in, well, in the United States, but there's a horrible medical history in a lot of parts of the world as well, you know, and because of people who aren't able to stand up for themselves and they do get taken advantage of for very small amounts of compensation, oftentimes not worth the trouble that they have gone through you know, in return. So yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing. It's a very tricky thing because you want to, you want to make new things happen, but you also don't want to hurt people in the process. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's what we're about sharing uh, those things and presenting it to people and saying, okay, here's the, you know, the facts, like this is the positive, this is the negative, this is really happening and, and shed light on that too. Yeah, it's not as great. I think that's good because most people don't know about those items, right? They don't like most people don't. I mean, you brought something up that's happened very recently, right, Tim? And that's something that people may not even know about. Yeah, it's not commonly spoken of, right? So that's that's huge. I think now that would be fantastic to have that be explored, you know, and put on people's radar. Yeah, well, I mean, the United States has, I mean, this I, not necessarily just the United States, but Western nations are really good at exporting the stuff they don't want to do here. Yeah, because there's right. no FDA so, elsewhere, right? Or there's no, right, I'm not right. sure the Canadian uh, board is, but like, there's no, there's none of that. There's no regulatory body. No, that, and that's, that's, I mean, even, even when you look at military stuff, it's like, well, it's like, we don't, we don't torture people. We just send them to the Armenians and let them get the information <laughs> you know we just export it right i mean it's just kind of i mean this kind of stuff has gone on and on and on so you, you say you have clean hands but it's like well do you really and um you know i'm particularly sensitive to massive corporations and huge governments that can get away with this kind of stuff and I mean, we got we did it. i mean the tuskegee experiment was probably the most horrific thing that in in any recent memory and that was the government that did that to me yes Right. Simply yes. because they were poor. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. And it's, it's uh, I would say it boggles my mind how many people aren't aware of these things, physicians, oh, yeah. pe- people in medicine. Yeah. And so we want to shed light on all of that, the negatives too. But, you know, history is one of those things that right. Tim, especially, but both of us are passionate about. It, and I think people shouldn't forget. And if you can make people I mean, aware. Um, yes, of course. Because if I we mean, can do better, don't yeah, like, know it, we are apt to repeat it. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, you know, case exactly. in point, Bear, you know, who makes aspirin, also invented heroin and sold mm-hmm. it as a cough suppressant. And oh, coincidentally, they were part of a German consortium that made Zyklon B, which was the deadly gas used in the gas chambers. And they still exist. 
you know, so it's, it's, it, you know, you see, <laughs> you see people getting canceled for some stupid tweet they did 10 years ago. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about this company? <laughs> what about this? It was making Zyklon B. This epic, How about epic those guys? situation. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> but no one knows. So they don't care. Yes. Yes. That's, um, what do they call that? It's not Belle de France. What is, maybe it is Belle de France. It is like, whatever. It's kind of- <laughs> Kind of like doesn't the, affect me. I'm good. <laughs> no, forget what it is. It's like the stork phenomenon, literally. Head in the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly oh, right. Ostrich. Ostrich. R- wrong bird. Wrong bird. Sorry. It's not a stork. Oh, it's ostrich in the sand. <laughs> ostrich. Oh, yeah, it is ostrich in the sand because they do yeah. like they do bury their heads. <laughs> yeah, the stork brings babies, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, obvious. right. <laughs> if you ask my kids, they'd be like, "That's not right, mom. Like that. That's not what you told me." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that stork thing. That's too funny, funny. The stork. So, you know, um, that is super awesome. I'm super excited to hear um, when you guys release that, because uh, it sounds like it's going to be very interesting uh, addition to the to the empire there. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> what we're excited about. God willing, all the plans. The empire. The cards, the cards fall into place. Then. Oh, yes, of course. Hopefully of course, that will happen. I'm so. sure it will. I've met, you know, in my mind, it's already manifested. Perfect. Then excellent. Oh my. I love it. Yeah, there you go. See, boom. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we are at that point in the show where it sounds like my kid is sick. I told oh, her not oh. to go to school. I told her not to go. She went anyway. Well, that's where the germs live amongst yeah, kids at exactly school. Exactly right. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Life is interesting always. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So we are at that point in the show where we're going to do fill in the blanks. Are you, uh, first of all, is there any, anything you want to share beyond the podcast name so people can reach out to you? Is there anything else that you want to make sure the audience is aware of? Yeah, for sure. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have some pretty entertaining, we think funny <laughs> videos on there. Um, and, uh, that's BS free MD. So it's the exact same. Um, you can see what we're like, we're pretty at BS transparent and we are who we are. Exactly. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and then our podcasts are on all the major platforms. And then we have the video on Brumble and we come out every Thursday. There you awesome. go. BS free. Yep. Love it. Love it. All right, cool. All right. So are you ready for fill in the blanks? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. Go ahead. You. Um, well, if I'm fearless, I will live with courage, which I think is manifesting what, you know, the good side of fear and doing it anyways, because you believe morally, I think ultimately it's everything in that world is moral. So morally you'll stand up for what's right. So I will live with courage. Awesome. Awesome. All right. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Um, I'm kind of piggybacking similarly to what Tim said, but for me, fearless freedom means living um, a life following my moral compass and with, um, I won't say no, no regrets, but um, following my moral compass and standing up for what I believe being able to do that is fearless freedom to me. Awesome. Awesome. 
Love it. And the last one is my battle cry is. <laughs> Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> That's his. Which is, Ooh. which is, which you should be able to figure out that he's a seven on the Enneagram. <laughs> so I'm into that lately. Hold my beer and watch this. And um, mine is more of um, really patience, persistence, and and uh, just fortitude. That's what life's about. Being patient get you long. Being patient gets you a long way. Persistence and fortitude. It's kind of what I follow so awesome 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 i think this is more fun sounding though hold my beer and watch this listen hey (laughs) yin and yang right the compliments yes gas and break we call each other there you go (laughs) that's great well thank you too so much for taking time out and spending it with the fearless freedom tribe we really appreciate your insights and your sharing and how much you were candid today too we really like that (laughs) <laughs> thanks we had a great time being here yes. i really appreciate what you're doing on your show too you bet thanks so much for having us